You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. This is Bill Powers, and in today's show episode, I'm going to talk about when to bet big on a small cap resource stock. And I'm sharing only my opinion. This is not a pattern to follow. Any thoughts you hear today, just critique or use to bounce off of your current approach to how you invest in resource stocks. Also, I will point out that many people you hear on the show would not advise of this approach. It is a riskier approach, high risk, high return approach. So for example, David Erfley of JuniorMinerJunkie.com, he believes in spreading your bets across many stocks because of all the risks inherent in uh, mining stock investing. So you wouldn't bet big on just one stock you would spread that risk across many. Don Durrett, I believe, of Goldstock Data, he limits his investment to 1% of his portfolio in any given stock. So he spreads it so far and wide. And there's wisdom in doing that in terms of risk, risk mitigation. However, if you strike big on a specific stock, it's such a small percentage of your portfolio that you're not going to get the the returns in terms of dollars even if it's a percentage gain that's high in terms of dollars it may not be that significant to your net worth and what it could do for your lifestyle and that's what my friend Brian Lenny of juniorstockreview.com found out during his first upcycle in gold when he first started buying gold stocks is that when he would have a big percentage gain it wouldn't translate into a big monetary gain because the amount that he put in those individual companies was so small. So one of the ways that he's tweaked over the uh, course of his uh, career in investing in resource and mining stocks is to bet bigger if he finds a high conviction play. And so the first thing we want to talk about is knowing the difference between the two. You can diversify your investments for risk mitigation, but concentrate in high conviction investments for wealth accumulation. So just know what you're doing when we're talking about betting big on small cap resource stocks. Are you diversifying for risk mitigation or are you concentrating in high conviction investments for wealth accumulation? And in today's episode, I'm talking more about betting big on small cap resource stocks. You can actually, if you know the cycles of mining, and you know a lot of the big diversified or, or specific commodity miners, you can actually make six to 10 times your money by timing it right. And I know this from experience because in January of 2016, I purchased the position in First Majestic Silver, and I remember at $2.73 US. And then over the next six months, I remember that peaking out, that position peaking out at over $19 per share. So you do the math. That, that's a highly liquid stock traded on the New York Stock Exchange. If you bet big, you have liquidity, it's on a reputable exchange, and you don't even need to deal with uh, all the extra risks that are inherent in small cap stocks. But if you're right when you bet big on a small cap stock, not only are you looking at an eightfold gain, but you could be looking at a 30, 40, 50, or even a hundredfold gain. If, if you did a financing, let's say, with a warrant, and you, you get all that upside leverage. So in today's show, we're talking about betting big on small cap resource stocks. I'm sharing my experience. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's just some of my current thoughts, which I reserve the right to change three years from now. 
But this approach worked well for me when I invested in Trillion Energy uh, two years ago. And when nobody cared about the stock or was paying attention and didn't understand the stock, I was accumulating shares at six, seven, eight cents uh, Canadian, bought millions of shares in that range. And it peaked out just in the last few weeks at mid 50s. And as the, the, the wells, with only two or three wells online of the 17 well program. So it's a cash flow story with exploration upside. So there's still a lot of upside. And then the downside financing risk and proof of concept risks with the wells coming online, all of that's been removed. But I was able to get those shares, you know, six, seven, eight cents, and we're potentially on the way to a multi-dollar stock. So that's what I'm talking about here. When you're betting big on small cap resource stocks, it, it's in that line. And Trillion for me was a big bet that's, that it is paying off uh, wonderfully. Warren Buffett's approach to investing is not what we're talking about here. He's a don't put all your eggs in one basket type of guy. I remember hearing a, a promotional group that would send out emails. Remember reading a promotional group's emails that would send out emails on behalf of their, their client companies that advertise with them in the mining sector. And they would talk and even use the verbiage of like a Warren Buffett in conjunction with some small cap or even nano cap mining stock. And I remember reading that and say, wow, this is marketing towards the completely ignorant because Warren Buffett would not touch anything we're talking about. The securities uh, regulators actually had the issuers issue statements because of some of the things that the email marketing group was claiming. And you should never associate Warren Buffett's approach with uh, small cap, in particular mining, maybe with a royalty company in the mining sector, very seldom with, with a major miner. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway took a position in a major gold miner a couple of years ago and then subsequently sold it, I believe. He's not, not associated with what we're talking about here. And remember his two rules. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. And so in this uh, sector, it's high risk, high reward. You could lose a lot, even all of it. However, as you're going to see, when I look for small cap resource stock that I'm going to bet big on, I actually do use, employ some of this rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one, as I'll talk about here. Buffett's approach is different than Stanley Drunkenmiller's approach. Listen to what Stanley Drunkenmiller says about concentrating your investments on a high conviction play. My idea of risk control is a little non-conventional. I like putting all my eggs in one basket and then watching the basket very carefully. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they teach at Marshall, but at most business schools they teach I think a lot of nonsense called risk-adjusted return and diversification. Ouch. As a money manager, if, if you look at a normal portfolio, most people will make 70, 80% of money that year on two or three ideas, even though they'll have 30 or 40 things in their portfolio. My concept was to put into those two or three ideas that I had the most conviction in. I was also lucky to travel across asset classes so I traded commodities, currencies, bonds, and equities, and it gave me the discipline. If I didn't have a good idea in equities, I was happy to have no equities, or the same thing with bonds. So when you have a quiver with a bunch of arrows in it, you can usually find something to put a lot of money into. The only other thing I'd say is too many investors look at the present 
the president is always is already in the price. You have to think out of the box and sort of visualize 18 to 24 months from now what the world is going to be and what securities might trade at. You know, what a company's been earning is ridiculous. It doesn't mean anything. What you have to look at is what people think, what a company's earning, what people think it's going to earn. And if you can see something two years, it's going to be entirely different than the conventional wisdom. That's how you make money. My first boss used to say the obvious is obviously wrong. If you invest in conventional wisdom, you're going to lose your butt. So I would fall more in line with Stanley Drunkenmiller in terms of how I approach things. I don't want to have 30 or even 100 junior miners in my portfolio like some of my friends do. I would rather concentrate it down to anywhere between 8 and 17 companies that I understand better. And then of those, I'm going to take bigger bets on high conviction plays that I feel like I get an excellent entry point on. But you need to know your risk tolerance. Don't bet big on an idea if you can't afford to lose all of your invested capital. Don't bet big on an idea if losing it would damage your relationships. If it's going to hurt your relationships with your spouse, with your kids, your in-laws, whoever. Don't bet more if it's going to cause damage to your day-to-day life and relationships. Don't bet big on an idea if it's the majority of your retirement income. Uh, Some of you have emailed me over the years, and I've gotten some emails where there's been seven-figure investments put uh, of retirement savings, of uh, where it's been put in these small-cap miners, and I, I get, I hear that, and I, I read that in the emails, and I'm like, I hope this works out. And, and some of you have said, Bill, I don't have the retirement income I need, but I'm betting big on these junior miners because I need to have another three, four, fivefold in order to get through the last phase of my life here. Honestly, I, I kind of cringe when I hear some of that because for me, I'm in a wealth accumulation stage of life, so I'm betting big. But, but if I lose it, it's not going to damage my relationships. I was worth negative $10,000 when my wife married me 20 years ago, and she didn't marry me for money. I never talked about money. I wanted to work in the nonprofit sector, so she didn't marry me for my money. So now that I have money, it doesn't change her affection for me whatsoever. If I lose it all, she's still going to love me. I'm not worried about that. I have decades ahead of me to to re-earn what I need to if I happen to lose it all on a big bet or make some bad business decisions. So, but if you're at that last stage of life, just be careful, please. Know your risk tolerance. Don't bet big on an idea if you don't know what you are doing. You have, don't just bet on it because you heard it on a show like this or someone else or an email. You have to understand what you're investing in. Don't ever buy a company because it was featured on this show or any other show. Don't buy a company because I invested in it or somebody else that you like or listen to invested in it. Before you meet, you buy that stock, you need to at least clearly explain three reasons why you're buying this stock, why it could go up, three reasons or things that could potentially go wrong with that stock, and then you need to have the appropriate time horizon. Understand what you're buying. And that's why when you see stocks go up dramatically on a promotion and then they fall precipitously, you know, 30 days later, It's because a lot of times the people that they bring into the stock don't even understand what they're buying or why they're holding it. Determine your big bet size. So when we're talking about a big bet, a big bet for some of you could be 5,000. A big bet could be 500,000. 
for others of you. So determine your big bet. And your big bet size should be determined by your net worth, not somebody else. Not Eric Sprott's net worth. Your big bet size should be determined by your income, not another's. Your big bet size should be determined by your portfolio's relative position sizing, not somebody else's. So if your relative position sizing, you usually start with $5,000, but you're going to put in $15,000 in an initial position, that's, that's a big bet. So everything is relative. Don't compare yourself to the Joneses or the Smiths, or in this case, the Sprots. Compare yourself to yourself and make your decision based on your life, your relationships, your, your stage of life, and your net worth, your income, your portfolio's relative position sizing, and what season of life you are in. And don't bet big with your retirement expecting for a five-fold gain in the next five years, because if you lose it, then what? You know, you don't want to be the Walmart greeter. Maybe you want to do that for fun, but you don't want to be the Walmart greeter into your 70s and 80s because you have to be the Walmart greeter. Just remember, you are responsible for your investment decisions. Just your friendly reminder. So we're looking for asymmetrical risk-reward ratios. We're looking for a risk-reward profile skewed to the upside potential relative to the downside, downside risk. We want investments with an uncapped upside, yet a capped downside. This is ideal when we're talking about looking for small cap resource stocks on which to bet big. So when it comes to cap, capped downside, I'm going to use Trillion Energy as an example. So in January 2021, this, if I remember, the market cap was like six, seven, eight million Canadian at one point. And so the cap downside that I saw that would protect me on a big bet was the liquidation value of Trillion Energy was more than the market cap. The scrap steel value of the offshore platforms, if you just scrapped and sold all that steel for scrapped, it was worth more than the market cap at the time. So it was actually a value play. The, the onshore oil production, uh, the Sundari oil production onshore, it justified the, the Canadian 7 to $10 million market cap or whatever it was about back then. And there was zero value on paper given to the SASB natural gas field because there was a reserve report that was lacking. So the auditors and the accountants would not put it into the assets on the book. So if you had investors that would just screen for market cap versus assets on the books, it wouldn't even come up with Trillion Energy. So, so there, there, was a, there was a misunderstanding that there was an easily overlooked value that was inherent in this company, that if you uncovered this microcap gem, you say, oh, I see the value that others don't see yet, so let me bet big on it, so that when others do see the value, it's going to provide a floor, a share price floor, higher than probably my entry point. So these, are, I'm talking about a cap downside. This is part of what I saw in, in Trillion Energy back in January 2021. And I, I recently, Trillion Energy was my biggest bet monetarily in terms of initial investment I ever did in a small cap stock at the time. Recently, I took a position in a company over the last five, six months, and I bet even bigger than I bet on Trillion because I'm seeing some of the same setups or seeing some of the same things I liked in Trillion in this little micro cap company. 
as I, what I'm sharing now is part of my own thought process that I worked through as I decided to take a big bet on this, this microcap. So there was zero value for all of that gas, the gas field that, that the company knew was there in the Black Sea, zero value was on paper. Uh, the sunk costs were valued over easily over U.S. $300 million worth of infrastructure in terms of the platforms, the pipes, the processing facility, etc., there was little to no marketing premium built into the stock whatsoever. And then I was bullish on the underlying commodity, which was natural gas and even oil. And subsequently, both have gone up since. And then it was a cash flow story. It wasn't purely um, hopeful ex exploration based on evidence. You know that if you hit, you could go up 20-fold. But if you don't hit, you could go down 80%. That wasn't, and that's not what we're talking about here. And so you see all these things that played into a decision to bet big is that there was so much there that I, I, I was confident my downside was capped and that the stock would go up once the market realized what the company had here. And so if I'm betting big, I want a near-term and probable share price re-rating. So there's, there's going to be the big upside, the big what if. I want that. But in the, in the near term, I want something that's going to lift the share price above where my entry price is because I'm betting so big on it. And in Trillions, there was the awareness or the marketing upward re-rate. Uh, at the time I invested, there was the CapEx financing announcement. And then there was also, I believe it was six months to production. The company talked about at the time, it took a longer than that. But we were talking about near-term cash flow from production. So those were some of the near-term things that, and, and the awareness or marketing was crucial because if the market could understand, it formed a new floor. And for those of you that have ridden Trillion Energy the last two years with me, as you know, it went up to like 60 or 62 cents Canadian right away from like 8 cents. And then it went up and down and there was financing disappointments and uncertainties. And eventually the financing came through. But throughout the, all the up and downs, I, I think the floor was, it was in with that 15 to... 20 cent Canadian range. And again, that's an example of what I'm talking about to where that range was, was double or more than what I initially invested in. So there's a way where you can cushion your investment if you can find the right company and get in early enough. So we're also looking for uncapped upside. Not only do I want the relative capped downside, I want this uncapped what if upside. I still want the potential for the, the 10 plus bagger, maybe even a 30 bagger. And so I saw that in Trillion. You know, there was, after the awareness marketing upward re-rating, there was the growth cash flow story that would appeal eventually to institutions. But I was able to get in before all the institutions. There was the commodity price upside, that, that operating leverage that just sends profits through the roof, uh, which is what the company is beginning to experience right now. And there was the tremendous exploration upside because just discovered six months or so before I invested in the company was a 19 TCF discovery, about 100 kilometers or so north of our gas field. And what that uh, let uh, Art Haller on the CEO know is that whatever occurred to generate all that gas so close to us would have also generated gas around us. And we just need to find those traps and those structures. And so there's the big what if you know, that could be, this could be a multi-billion dollar market cap. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it could be if they get 
fully execute on the cash flow story in these high gas price environments, and then you find even a one TCF discovery, and who knows where the, the share price could be. But when I look for this uncapped upside, I'm investing with at least a two-year time horizon in mind to let the investment thesis play out and give management time to execute. But minimally, I have to believe conservatively that it's very likely a three times potential at minimum from wherever I take my investment. And I don't need to get uh, the absolute bottom entry point because even in this company that I recently took a huge bet on, my average cost basis is about eight and a quarter cents Canadian, 8.25 cents Canadian. And as I was researching, a lot of the insiders and key people that finance the company, their average cost basis would be about six and a quarter percent. So I'm investing just above them at, let's say, 30 to 35 percent more to access my position, but I'm doing it a year after them, and they took a lot more risk financing the company a year ago at a cost basis of about six and a quarter uh, cents per share than I am at eight and a quarter average cost basis per share. But when I went into the chat rooms and looked, there were, there were some shareholders that saw the potential value that two years ago, they were picking up millions of shares at one penny, two penny, three penny. And so, but they'd had to wait another two years just to get to this point to where I believe it's the beginning of a verge of potentially exponential growth. They had to hold on to those shares. They had to be patient. They had to wait. Some of them got a deal because they saw it, but you got to wait. They've waited two years to get to this point. I'm buying and I'm of the expectation that I got to give the company at least two years to see what can be done. But it doesn't bother me at all that I paid eight and a quarter when other people were paying one, two, three cents. Good for them if they were able to see the value, buy it, hold it. I hope they make way more money than I did. But you just got to be concerned about your entry point. And whenever you hear a company featured on, on a podcast or uh, email write-up or, or Twitter or whatever, and people are excited about it, they could be excited because they got in cheaper than you. But just because they got in cheaper than you, it doesn't mean that it might not be a good potential entry point for you. But you have to assess that. Eight, I'm, I'm thrilled at getting in at eight cents because I could believe, I believe it can go a lot higher than eight cents. And just because somebody got in at two cents, that doesn't mean that I can't make money at eight cents. Just because the insiders financed at six cents, they did so with more risk than me, I'm very happy to get in at eight cents or so. And so some other noteworthy points is that when it comes to the uncapped upside potential, you know, I want it to be easily understood. I want to personally be able to understand it as a non-geologist and not as an engineer. It has to be broken down in a way that I can easily understand this uncapped potential upside. And when I take big bets, I want to invest behind investors that know the industry or the commodity or what the company is trying to accomplish much more than myself. So I often look for technical groups that come in and validate a project, whether they, they validate it to lend or to invest. I want to invest behind uh, cornerstone investors that have vetted the project. And so these are some of the things that give me assurance as, as a non-technical person that didn't work in the, in the resource sector 
that I'm not even going to be able to understand the questions to ask or what to look for because I don't have two decades doing this. But I know if someone who has four decades and is experienced in a certain industry sees something in this company, I want to invest behind them. And that's another thing that I look for. It must have at least a conservative three times potential gain in 24 months. I got to have at least a two-year time horizon, just reiterating some of these points. And if you're betting big, ideally cash flow stories or near-term cash flow stories in which you believe there's, there's a bullish perspective for the commodity price and there's exploration what could be potential in the stock. That's where I think it, it's the place to be. Even when I bet big in the previous, it was in uh, mine development stories. And at the time, uh, the position I took in Arcana Silver uh, at that time, leading into what should have been the mine development, uh, that was a big position for me. But so many mine failures, you know, it's not guaranteed. Even if it's a near-term cash flow story, it's not guaranteed. Just, just look at pure gold mining. Uh, I just came across something on the internet the other day where one analyst or commentator said that if he had to pick only one stock for that year, a couple of years ago, it would have been pure gold mining. Well, that, that company is totally is, is obliterated and, and blow up, blew up at this point. You just never know. So you could always lose your money. Even when you think your downside is capped, you could still lose it. But if you're successful, it could give you more money than you can ever imagine to take that money and put that money to work. It could give you free time to where you own your time and you're not selling your time and effort and talent to a business owner in exchange for a paycheck. You could, you could own that. It can give you more money and more time so you could put it to charitable use or to use for the things that really matter to you. So in my opinion, it's worth it. I'm able to do it at my stage in life and where I'm at. You may not be able to, but use my thoughts to just think through your own perspective. Maybe it's in 10 years. If you're 25, maybe it's in 10 years when you're a little more established and have a little more cushion and are able to bet bigger and take a little more risk. Maybe that's the time when you go for it. Maybe it's the next cycle in mining. Even if you don't make the money you want in this cycle in mining, gain the knowledge, gain the experience so that you can use that on the next cycle. Save up some money so that when this next cycle bottom comes close, then you take your big bet. I like to look for left for dead companies like Trillion Energy that I think are on the verge of a probable upward trajectory. Those that are misunderstood where the value is not perceived, those are the companies I, I like to go for if I'm going to bet big. And be patient as you accumulate your position. I just told you I've been accumulating this one over five, six months. Just be patient and don't use margin. The stock you invest in should have inherent upside leverage built into it. You don't want to lose all of your investment and then still owe money to your broker. You know, just lose all your investment, have the stock go to zero, but don't have the stock go to zero and you lose your house. So don't use margin on these stocks. Where to uncover micro cap gems? Obviously your own homework. Something else I do though is uh, astute chatroom commentators. I just kind of lurk. And if I find a, a, a company that I like, like when I found Trillion, then I wanted to find everybody that thought Trillion was a good idea, even before the market at large thought Trillion Energy was a good idea. And then I go back through all of their posts and picks and I say, okay, if they were astute enough to recognize Trillion Energy before the rest of the market thought it was a good idea, what else do they think is a good idea? And so just the other day, as my family was with a relative's house and then after the meal, uh, my kids were watching some 
reality baking show contest things. And then I just was spending 90 minutes going through the chat room posts of, of a guy or gal, whoever's behind the handle, that likes the company that I like. And I was going through all their other picks or other companies that they said were of good value. And I was researching those companies. I said, okay, well, if they uncovered this good one, what I think is a good one, let me see what else they've uncovered. And so that could be a source for you. Uh, Trillion Energy came to me through a proxy from a current large shareholder of the company at the time. And that's also how this uh, investment that I'm referring to but not naming came to me was was through a large shareholder. And so I did have a head up in that they're able to explain or show the value that's not being perceived yet. And then it's my job to critique that and, and determine whether I uh, agree with it or not. Trusted investors in your network. And this is why it's so important for you to network online and also going to conferences. Grow your network because leads can come to you. Potential investments can come to you through your network. And then, of course, podcasts, YouTube, webinars, Trillion Energy, and also this company that I just invested in. Like the stocks would move 20, 30% in a, in a day just by doing a, a, not even a well-attended webinar, not even a widely viewed webinar, but just when the market would get wind and begin to perceive the value and the potential value creation, the stock would go up. I saw that with Trillion even before we featured it on our show. And so there are those opportunities. And then again, if, if you hear of a, a company through a podcast or a YouTube or a webinar, just assess your entry point. Do you like your entry point? Or sometimes stocks go up and down. If you like what you hear, but you don't like the entry point, maybe you wait on the side and see if, if it retraces. You know, Trillion went up to 60 cents and retraced back down to like 15, 20 cents. That range, Canadian. So there's always those opportunities. At least put them on your watch list if you like what you hear. As I mentioned earlier, why would you do this? The fruits of investment success, you now have more money to make money with. You can reclaim your personal time to be invested in what really matters to you, and your newly earned capital can be deployed for charitable good. What I've laid out here are my thoughts. It's not investment advice. It's worked for, for me so far. I'm hoping it's going to work again. It could be very transformative on a net worth basis for me, or I could lose a lot of money, but I'm still going to be okay, and my wife's still going to love me even if I lose enough money. Think through your investment decisions. Use this monologue to just critique your approach, whether you like to diversify for risk mitigation or you like to concentrate in high conviction plays for wealth accumulation. I hope this has been of benefit to you. Thanks for your listenership. Really appreciate all the emails. I can't respond to all of them. I do try to, to respond to a number of them. And so this is Bill Powers just sharing some of my thoughts about how I approach betting big on small cap resource stocks. Wish you all the best during this Christmas season. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances 
uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns, as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.